We the bestest cast with the left twist. Pat fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Huh. Yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trotting the Get Down, Kenny Carkeet, and White Sox Dave. With you, as always, from the band is your boy, Colin. Coming live from Chicago, Illinois, we have Dave Williams. David, how are you today, buddy? Chilling. I'm chilling. I'm very hungover today. I I uh, used my I'm going out and getting completely wasted day yesterday. Uh, Chicago is fully open. It was a madhouse this weekend. Um, and I went out and... I had a day. I had myself a day. Congratulations. Uh, for those of you, you'll Thank be you. seeing the clips coming up, but Dave is in this swanky-ass bar stool, like, I don't know, like a fucking beach hat. You look fantastic. Dude. It's a straw hat. Yeah, it is. There we go. I love it. So I want to introduce our next guy here, our co-host, our beloved Kenny Carkeet. We just got some news right before the show started. Kenny's biggest song, of course, is Sail by AWOL Nation. And that song is one of the 57 songs in the history of the United States to be certified diamond. And we just found out. Kenny, congratulations, buddy. You know what's funny, man? I always tell you, like, man, today's the best day of my life. Today is the best day of my life. It, my it, it is the be- I'm looking at all these other songs that you're in the company of. Lady Gaga, Elton John, uh, Lady Gaga, Eminem, Carly Rae Jepsen. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian fucking Rhapsody. (laughs) Megan Trainer, who I can't stand, but... This is insanity. Kenny, I mean, honestly, I want to step back on this, but just tell me how you're feeling, dude. What the fuck is this like? Bro, it's the craziest thing, because it's like, I mean, I don't even... We wrote this stupid little fucking song in four hours ten years ago, you know, and like... First, it, you know, made us create a band and then it made us play sold out shows and then it went gold and then it went platinum. Then it went platinum around the, the, the world. And you know, what else can happen? What else can possibly happen? And then it goes fucking diamond. And we're like, I don't even know how to process that list of 57 songs that we're now a part of. And, you know, the great is like nobody can ever take that away from you. That never goes away. That is forever sealed with my name and in my musical career. So it's like I don't even. Clearly, I don't know what to say. I want to speak for me and Dave when we say we're very lucky to have you here. This is a fucking incredible honor bestowed upon you. And, and just from my perspective, this is how I show my love. My man, I, I'm, I made it in my mind because this is blame I'm- it on my ADD, baby. <laughs> Damn, I fucking quoted the song right in your face. That stupid little song that people were like, man, you can't say one word for an entire chorus. And we're like, oh, yeah. Fuck, yes, we can. Oh, we can, son. <laughs> And look, I will say this too, because I've been in the studio with Kenny. I know how hard he works. I know how creative he is. And it does not surprise me that this man is sitting in that kind of company. So shouts out to Kenny. I just want to say from the tippy top, this episode is going to be good for the fucking soul because we have two great guests on. The vibes are high today. We have one of the wildest human beings on earth, Mr. Andy Frasco, head of Andy Frasco in the UN on for a long, insane interview, fucking outstanding Kenny's buddy, of course. Me and Dave became friends during that. Fucking, what is Frasco like? Bro, Frasco is an absolute fucking manimal. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he's he's just like he's the best, most exciting, fucking ruthless, brutal dude that I've ever met, and I love him <laughs> pieces. And I'm working on his record right now, and it's fucking great. Man, and I don't know if me and Dave fully knew what we were in for, but the first thing that was said was, Kenny, I want to suck you dry. So that is where we start with the interview. Do a fucking Barstool article. It's so <laughs> awesome. 
<laughs> Great fucking guy. We also, for our pick of the week, probably our big, biggest pick of the week yet, we have Eric from Revolution on. We go over their new album that's dropping on Friday, and we play the song Heavy as Lead at the end of the podcast. He is a good motherfucking dude, and we get all into their creative process, how he was living in Guam while they made it. It was all remote. Really, really good dude. Two great guests. And I'm telling you, man, I don't know if it's the fucking weather. Uh, I don't know if it's about things opening back up again. Shows getting announced. I don't know what it is, but the vibes are fucking high right now. So I got a really good feeling about this episode. Boys, let's jump into some music news from the last week. We had a lot of releases this past week as opposed to the previous weeks. Polo G, shouts out Chicago, dropped a new record. Yep. Migos came back, new record. Mid, but yeah, I'm just glad to have some Migos back. We had Bleachers come back with the with the new single. Shouts out Jack Antonoff. Kenny Hoopla dropped a new mixtape. Ricky Martin, of all people, dropped a fucking song. And then we get to the probably the biggest song to drop last week, which I got a little bit of heat for online. My take, Lord comes back. I love Lord. I really fucking love Lord. Comes back with the song, Solar Power. I just don't think it's good. I, I'm not even trying to be a dick. I was expecting something. and I, I did, it, Here's what I got in trouble for. This was my take. I said it sounded like if you took Freedom by George Michael but wrote it about being excited for summer vacation when you're in grade school. That's what the song sounded like to me. You know what? Any press is good press. So if you're taking heat, that's a good thing. B, you're entitled to your motherfucking opinion. So you can say whatever the fuck you want. And C, I haven't even heard it yet. So I don't know. I haven't been. I haven't heard it either, but I don't typically like her that much. But uh, I'll, I'll take Collins, Collins word for that. Look, man, it's not that it's not catchy. It's not that. It almost sounded unfinished. I don't know how else to put that. And it just, I was like, I really like the melodrama, the last record that came out. All the Jack Antonoff work. I think she's incredibly talented. I don't know. It was, I thought about Kenny when I was listening to it for the first time. And I was like, can I have an opinion to say, I just don't like this. Like, I, I don't know. Like, and it's not that I fucking hate it. I just didn't think it was that good. It's not that it's not catchy. It's not that the kids aren't going to love it. But like, I just was just like, this is not that good. And it's going to get smashed on alternative radio. We know that already, but like, I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't sound like it was finished. And I, I want you boys to take a listen to it and then give me your opinion. I haven't listened to it, but it's a disappointment because she did that thing where she took a big break, you know what I mean? And making music, which is good. Yeah. You know, good for your company. It's good for your brand and stuff. But then you got to come back fucking swing it hard. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just didn't hit me. And like, it, I don't, I, it, some of her shit is like from the jump, she like she had such a mature sound at such a young age and everything sounded so fucking good. And I really loved the last record and the way the subject matter she was writing on. But this just didn't, it felt like kind of corny and childish to me and it bummed me out. But I will say I'm not losing hope. I think the record's going to be good. I just didn't like it. People were commenting being like all songs sound like other songs. I'm like hover in the bathing suit with the booty showing. Yes. Yes. I mean, she went from like fucking Castlevania witchcraft <laughs> to like Southern California vibes, which maybe is kind of tight. I don't know. I don't know. It reminded you. Do you ever watch the show, uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? You, you ever get into that show? I've I've heard of it. You need to go. That show is fucking hilarious. But and I will send you the song. It sounded like the song "Boobs in California" from that show, which is like <laughs> it's like a parody song. That's what it reminded me of. But either way. I was just, I thought it was funny that I had to like justify my thoughts online being like, look, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it sounds like George Michael. Like it, 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 the, it sounds exactly like Freedom by George Michael, which is an amazing song, by the way. Uh, so that's, that's where I get all of the music news this week. Also, 85,000 more shows and tours were booked and announced this week. Yeah. It's getting to the point now where it's kind of like, 
I compare it to like the music industry feels like everybody is landing on an airplane and everybody is standing up before it's time to deboard. Like everybody is fucking trying to hop back on the road right away when it's kind of a situation. Maybe we should all fucking space this out a little bit. Kenny, your thoughts? I mean, as much as I want to be annoyed by it, I'm kind of getting excited for like, fuck, I need to put this in my calendar that St. Vincent's playing the Greek or that yeah. like, I, was in, so I was in Mexico for the last four days and I saw that Foo Fighters announced a show in my little hometown of Thousand Oaks at a small club called the Canyon Club, like mm. maybe 400 cap. Tickets went on sale yesterday at 10 a.m. I was Sold out 10.01. Exactly. So that you're going to have to pull some favors for that one. Not even a big fucking Foo Fighters fan. Like I am, I, but I just don't really care anymore. But like mm -hmm. for a small intimate show like that, I probably would have. Those are the sure. best kinds of shows too. I've seen uh, Darius Rucker and Garth Brooks. Um, and, and I've dropped them a few times at Joe's on Wheat Street, which is like a thousand people max. But at those shows, they kept it limited. There was maybe 500 people at them. Sick. And you're right on top of them. They're talking to the crowd, getting to know the crowd. Those are the best fucking shows on earth You're, you you got to pull some ticket you got to you got to pull favors for that one absolutely pull some rank be like yo listen i got yeah. a diamonds i got a diamond single you're gonna let me in this door you got there is record doesn't have any diamond singles he probably does dude yeah he probably does i skimmed through the list too quick but i mean he might not he, he probably does i'm not gonna lie but i will say though the Foo fighters also have a show they just announced for msg on 620 and you bet your ass i slid into fucking chris shipless dms and said hey maybe we should do some video stuff together he has an answer but i assume that he will so i'm, I'm gonna go on that no answer oh uh, yeah he was a great fucking dude uh also last thing on music news i just want to say this i have a dream collaboration dropping in a week and the killers have a new single coming out with bruce springsteen and Whoa. my head's gonna motherfucking explode and i can't wait for that so let's get into on the list off the list i'll start it out then dave then kenny my on the list today I brought it up before the podcast started. My on the list is Joel Embiid. As we all know, I'm a huge Sixers fan. JoJo, playing with a partially torn meniscus, goes out and drops 40. Not to mention the fact that if you've watched Joel progress throughout his career, he went from being kind of like this like joking, kiddish kind of a dude who's just matured into like the best player in the world. I fucking love you, Joe. And I just want to say this. Sixers are on tonight. Let's put him to bed. Kill the Hawks. Let's move forward. Play the fucking song. Go Sixers. Dave, who's on your guest list? Uh, summertime shy. Mm. So we fully opened on Friday. It's like, like we've been open for a while now. And like, so we are at 60% capacity for like bars and restaurants and shit. Mm. And like, as time progressed, the bars just kind of stopped, stopped giving a fucking following orders. So most bars were like operating normal anyways. But when I was out yesterday, Everybody and their fucking mother was out in Chicago. The girls were dressing so skimpy. It was so nice to look at. I came home and passed out with my dog in my bed, <laughs> as always. Um, and it, it was it was just normal. It felt awesome. Like I wasn't wearing a mask everywhere I go. It was it was just it was like a breath of fresh air. Ours gets literally tomorrow here in LA, man. No masks, no social distancing, no occupancy limits. We're all here for it. Very excited. Bro, I just want to say real quick, have you guys been noticing the people who seem like they're butthurt that people aren't wearing masks anymore? Oh, yeah. Those people are the absolute fucking worst. It's kind of if like... If you're not dude, vaccinated, that's on you, motherfucker. Like, right. I gotta, okay. All I'm going to say is I'm going to leave this conversation and all this shit because I don't feel like hearing it. But I will say, look, we all went through a lot of bullshit to get to the point where we don't got to do it anymore. We all got those shots in the arm. We all followed along. Everybody's Gucci now. Now I'm done. 
Yeah, now it's summer. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Now, Shout out summertime shy, baby. That's it's the best summer about. city on the planet. I know I got biased being from here, but and we do have our warts. Like there's plenty of reasons to dislike Chicago. Um, both. I mean, you could get into politics and then, but and the weather sucks in the winter. But <laughs> in the summer, man, from I would say St. Patrick's Day through even like Thanksgiving, it's an awesome fucking city. An awesome city. Philly's better, but I'm with you on that. I like that. Here we go. Kenny, who's on your guest list? On my guest list today is everything Mexican. I just spent four days in Las Gaviotas, Mexico. The fucking beaches, the people, the Mm. food, the surf, the beaches, the food. It's the best fucking place on earth, dude. I love it so fucking much. And it's a, we drove three hours south from my house, three hours and we were in Mexico eating fish tacos and surfing all day. It was fucking great. Bro, oh, so I, you just drove down there? Drove straight down there, man. So how, how far from Tijuana were you? Uh, I was like 30 minutes south of Tijuana. So Did you go to one of those shows? The donkey show? Yeah. I did not go to the donkey show, but I thought about it. I was with my wife. She wasn't really feeling it, but maybe next time. I mean, that's. I, did you bring your kids? I don't have kids, baby. I thought you said you had a kid. No, son, I ain't got no children. Zero. Okay, well, you oh, should have. Shout out Kenny. Josh, he's, he's celibate, or not celibate. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? A virgin? Full <laughs> income, no kids, man. We're raging. Uh, <laughs> where, you, where you can do have sex, but you, you're infertile. You're infertile. Oh, yeah. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah, maybe that is what it is. I don't know. Who knows, you know? <laughs> I think his pullout game is just dumb strong. He's just fucking. Oh, when it's time, it's time, son. There it is. All right, so off my list. And Kenny, this kind of brings up your on the list last week. Celebrity boxing matches. They've jumped the fucking shark. I'm tired of it. There can't be one every goddamn weekend. I was nice to see that TikTok kid get his fucking face smashed in, but I don't need to watch like Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom box. That, that was, was sad. That was that was like Aaron Carter's not there right now. No. Like in his head, I'm talking. Like that. It sucks that, that I've been seeing headlines that are like our exhibition, celebrity exhibitions, the future of boxing, and you're like, God fucking damn it! It's a beautiful sport. Stop bashing. It is, it is a beautiful sport. If it doesn't count towards a fucking record, you got nothing to like boast about. But what did we talk about with Matthew Coma though? Where I was saying the thing, one thing that I do hate is when there's these people in entertainment who don't really fucking do anything. They're just kind of famous for being famous, and then they monetize what they're like. Oh, it's other income streams. Like, oh, I'll make an auto tune pop punk song, or I'll go do celebrity boxing, and you just fucking minimize the people who've given their whole lives to that craft, and you make it some fucking sideshow like a donkey show. So, uh, fuck that shit. I'm done with it. Uh, but but I agree. You're done with donkey shows. <laughs> my donkey shows are off my guest list, Joe. <laughs> All right, Dave, who's off your guest list? Um, Uber. Uber's off my guest list right now. I fucking hate that app. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a Chicago-specific thing or not, but it is so fucking expensive to take an Uber now. Mm-hmm. So my bar that, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen me tweet about it, is Declan's, which mm-hmm. is, uh, it's about a 30-minute walk. It's like maybe a mile and a half from where I live. And it's just far enough where I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll call it Uber. It's like 35 bucks a pop now. If I want to go up to Wrigley, that's 30 bucks. And that's a mile north of me. It's absolutely fucking outrageous. You're spending 60, 70 bucks just to go to and from wherever you're going to and from right now. It's getting so bad that I might step foot on public transportation, like the train or something again. Maybe I saw a meme the other day that was like, what was it? It was like, I just paid $33 to get a lukewarm hamburger delivered by a guy who's never had health insurance once in his life. Man, 
this economic system is just killing it. Dog, I'm about to send you some fucking pro wing, like orthopedic shoes, and you're going to start hoofing it from spot to spot, bro. We're not going to have you fucking spending 35 bills on an Uber. Put some wheels on your Peloton, loser. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I would ride a bike, but that's physical activity. Facts. Yeah, I, I, I limit myself to one 45-minute Peloton ride a day. Other than that, no lifting heavy stuff. That's, you know, number one for me. I don't do heavy stuff. Big time and number two is not moving as... I move as little as possible. Yeah, don't talk to people. Don't move. Just fucking live. B. Uh, Kenny, who's off your guest list? Off my guest list today is every motherfucker who ever doubted me. Because of the fucking sale going diamond certified today, R-I-A-A, fuck all you motherfuckers. Fuck everybody who is like, I'm going to be their lawn man. Fuck everybody after the sale. Like, I don't know if we want to work with Kenny or whatever the fuck. Like, Good luck getting your diamond fucking record. Fuck you. Fuck everybody who's ever doubted me. They're off my fucking list. Yo, so fuck let that me, let shit. Me, Let's go. Let me ask you something real quick. How did you guys find out? Like, were you guys expecting this or was it like, hey, you guys like are pretty close to going diamond? Like, what's the behind the scenes like I mean, a little listen, bit? I don't really talk to the AWOL camp that much anymore. Um, not because there's bad blood, but there was bad blood. So it's a little, we're friendly now. But so like, I don't know the, all the inner workings, but today the managers posted the article that came out today from allmusic.com, which is like, basically just tells you everything about every song, who wrote it, who produced it, mm -hmm. sales. Uh, and all music put out a put out a, uh, an article that said sale finally hit diamond and it was RIAA certified. And then as soon as I Googled it, fucking article after article after article, you're like, holy fucking shit, it's real. Then I hit up Aaron, the singer, begging him for a plaque, basically. <laughs> I want to speak for Kenny when I say suck his dick all everyone suck all my dicks in the immortal all words of kenny powers suck my dick everyone fuck you and fuck you and fuck you and fuck you i got my shit i'm out except for me and dave damn that was a good on the list off the list as i said the fucking vibes are high today boys uh we're about to get into the interviews before we do let's go through a quick round of what the fuck we've been listening to and i have a very serious one because i've been on a diehard father john misty kick josh tillman originally from the band fleet foxes set out on his own path and created this alter ego known as father john misty he looks like a goddamn 70s cult leader kenny i'm speaking to you more on this i do not understand how this motherfucker creates these chord structures and melodies it's unbelievable i, I i'm enthralled he's an alien from another planet that speaks a different language it's pretty amazing and he says things in these fucking songs uh, i picked the song just dumb enough to try most of these songs he's basically telling you like ayahuasca filled journeys through a relationship that also uh he's like suicidal but like she's like a derp it's i don't know how to describe this it's like watching a goddamn indie movie every time i listen to a song he's incredible and it took me a while to get on the train just uh, the the entire album with just dumb enough to try on is fucking incredible it's very elton john in a way he sings in a little nice like high-pitched falsetto but also just a lot of like major to minor and then scale steps just insane father john misty i will join your cult very tight yes sir uh dave what the fuck have you been listening to so yesterday i pumped 40 bucks into the touch tunes and i actually texted you guys this i was gonna be listening to andy frasco yesterday and there was no andy frasco on the on the touch tune. So I was all fucking pissed about it. Cause I, I like telling people like, yo, listen to this guy. And so I took a screenshot of like his name, not popping up. I texted it to him. Never heard back. Um, like he's probably like, what is this fucking drunken idiot 
trying to tell me right now? Like, I'm not going to respond to this, which I wouldn't either. Andy, shout out to you. Um, but the song that I played that made the bar go wild. And when I say bar, this is a little fucking, it's literally underground. You got to like walk downstairs to get into it. There's maybe 15 people there. It's one of my favorite spots in the city. Uh, I played Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Bar went wild. Bar Hell went yeah. wild. Oh, nice one. Nice one. That's a fucking Come great and song. get your love. Ooh. The, and the whole buildup in that song is awesome, too. Like, boom, 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 boom. boom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not a Motown band, but shout out to Motown because that is a Temptations melody if I ever heard one. That boom. song is on. This is a really w- random tangent. The Guardians of the Galaxy sound. Yeah. If you just put that on on Spotify as a playlist, that is some of the dopest Motown soul hits in one collection, and that song's on it. It's a good time. Highly that that soundtrack is a great example of how amazing the melding of different art forms in American music is, because that is just basically a soundtrack to basically like the seventies and eighties American music landscape. Exactly. Yep. Joy. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome soundtrack for that movie. Awesome mix volume. One of the best ever, I would say. I agree with that. Great pick, Dave. Uh, Kenny. What the fuck have you been listening to? I usually go for the old stuff, but I actually got a new one this time. And from a very small underground artist that I just happened to stumble upon, I always, every Friday, I go to Spotify, I go to search, I go to new releases, and I yep. everything that's coming out. And I found this motherfucker. His name's Motherfucking Mellow, M-E-L-O. He's got a song called Weightlift. That's one of the dopest, heaviest hip-hop songs I've heard in a long time. And I looked him up on, like, Instagram. He's got, like, 3,000 followers or something. Like, he's still findable and blow up a bull and break a bull. And I was really excited to find this guy. It's M-F- the letter N and then mellow M E L O motherfucking mellow. Really love cool. it. Get his ass on the show. Slide in those DMS right now as we're recording. I'm not even going to wait. Love it. Uh, that's the kind of ingenuity that we need. Uh, great picks this week, boys. We're going to go into the first interview. So if you don't know Andy Frasco, just buckle yourself in. It starts hot and we just go right through 50 minutes. He's the fucking man. You might want to break it up. You might not want to, you might just fall in love. And he's the fucking man. So here's our interview. With the one, the only, Andy Frasco. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! Feel all right? What is this Bob Barker mic you have, Kenny? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, called a conference mic, okay? I do uh, voiceover sessions now. I know. You're like a big Disney voiceover guy now. Yeah, bro. I do all, you know what I mean? I do the biggest shows in the world. <laughs> this motherfucker comes, this motherfucker is on our podcast and says, Andy, suck my cock. And he's about to go right on and do SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Kenny, do you actually, so are you doing the music for like their most like Rugrats and shit? I don't do any of the music, bro. It's not like that. I wish it was. I record all of the voice actors voicing their characters in all of the cartoons for Nickelodeon. Okay. Oh, yeah, sick, yeah. man. Sick. How do you think he it's, bought it's, that Bob Barker mic, dog? Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, we have master of just about everything, Mr. Andy Frasco on the podcast. Andy, thank uh, you so much for being here today, brother. Thank you, guys. I'm going to clap for myself. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Look at this. This guy's a pro. <laughs> Let's go, dude. I wish I had a joint. All I have is a stupid vape pen right now, Andy. But salute, oh, my friend. I could smoke for you. Man, Kenny, I missed the fuck out of you. I only saw you two weeks ago. but I know. It's fucked up. I thought you were, I wish you were going to be around tonight when we record drums for your record. I know. <laughs> you got it. Oh I don't want, you know, it's after you come, like after I suck you off and stuff and like ride up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't want to see me after that. You know, you just want me to hang out in a couple days or something. True, true, true. Here's some money for a cab. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god well can we just do the customary thing where we're like hey how do you guys know each other because kenny knows everybody andy and kenny well, they blow each other, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kenny and i um i Kenny's one of the best producers in the country. Y'all know that? Probably. Y'all have a podcast. I've worked with Kenny before. He's a fucking monster. Oh, He's the honestly the best on the planet. And uh, so anytime I get to spend with him was nice. He made half my record last time. He's making half my record this time. And he, I'm, I'm after share time with SpongeBob SquarePants, but I'm cool with it. You know? <laughs> Dude, how random could it be that the day we're doing the Andy Frasco podcast interview, I'm literally working on his record tonight. Got a session go. booked. That's Dude. so weird. It's almost oh, like we God. fucking planned it, bro. <laughs> yeah, wait, you got the, Andy. You have the whole like legit Dude. podcast set up where you're hitting buttons and there's claps and shit. <laughs> Give me something <laughs> random. Sucking off Kenny right now. <laughs> Look, he's in Lakers purple too. Still, how crazy? <laughs> well, I want to talk about that first. First thing I want to ask you. So I wore my sick. I wore my Iverson jersey today just to say what's up to you because I know you're a basketball guy. Mm-hmm. Give me your top three Lakers of all time, right off the top. Um. Kobe, Shaq, Will Chamberlain. Oh, no magic. Yeah. How do you not have magic on there? Um, Because I think magic is the, you know, the cliche. Like everyone says magic. Okay. That's fair. I feel like Shaq gets left off, dude. I don't know why I always feel like Shaq gets left off. Here's the thing, though. Before there was Shaq and Kobe, there was was Shaq Shaq and Penny. Penny. That's what I'm talking about. Orlando in the house. There you go. Florida in the building. Sadly enough, we got Florida in the building, dude. What do you, <laughs> Sadly what do you think right now? You guys think you're uh, you're pretty much fucked at this point, or you, what, what do you think? Um, we're going in no lube, dudes. It's it's happening. It's uh, I'm getting we're getting raw dog. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe LeBron will turn it up, or maybe they'll lose in the first round and get Steph Curry. Oh, hot take. Hot you take. went to a you went to a game like two weeks ago, didn't you? In, in yeah, LA? I went to the Golden State Laker game. And How was that? It was First sick. Game back. I've always wanted to go to a game when it's quarantine because it's never going to happen like this again. When there's like a playoff game, and there's only six thousand people there. I was like, yeah. I was like talking shit to Draymond, call him a bitch, and like you he he can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, what's your take on LeBron being a little bitch and just walking off the court? Do you guys like mm-hmm. LeBron out there? Oh yeah. I mean, you but you hated him until he, you know, went to L.A. I'm sure, right? Everybody where are you, where are you from, Dave? I'm I'm Chicago. Okay, like it's like I don't know, like when Michael was just ending and Kobe was coming up. Did you like Kobe? Yeah, I I my mouth is. I just went to the dentist. My mouth is absolutely <laughs> fucking killing me. So I gotta like be careful with how I move it. So there's not gonna be any actual dick sucking today. Maybe just <laughs> metaphorical dick sucking. But going, I liked Kobe. I didn't hate Kobe at all, especially like. There was always the rumors that he was going to wind up in Chicago, like throughout the vast majority of the second half of his career. I remember there was like a D Rose Kobe trade going talking. Dude, I, I'm from Philadelphia. I grew up here. Kobe's one of our guys. We all hated Kobe. We fucking yeah. hated really? Kobe. Yeah, because he didn't want to be a Philly guy. He didn't want that acknowledgement because he, he, he just he did not like us. It was very weird. See, like if D Rose did that, we still like put D Rose on uh, a like a deified like he he's God to us even though mm-hmm. the with all the injuries he never panned out to what he could have but sad. um like it, it was sad but we still like we love Derek Rose because he loves Chicago yeah he loves yeah. Chicago you know anything about what we're talking about right now Kenny <laughs> yeah bro I fucking look there's only the only sport that I give a fuck about actually there's two of them Surfing. pro basketball college football 
I don't give a fuck about anything else. And like with the LeBron thing, like I've never been a, a big LeBron fan. Did he win championships in many cities? Okay, tight. Got it. When he came to LA, is it cool to see him in a Lakers jersey? Yeah. Do I really care? No. no. Did he create 3,000 jobs in the downtown LA area overnight? Yeah, kind of thing. So like there's a weird, you know, take with that. I fucking love looking at you, Kenny. My bro, I love I adore you, Andy. Oh my I really God. honestly, you have you guys met? How did you just I'm going podcast mode here. How'd y'all meet? How'd y'all start a podcast? So I'm a lead singer of a band called Foxtrot and the Get Down. Yeah, I just started calling you. You guys are good, man. Thank you, brother. So I went out to LA right before quarantine and I was out there writing and shit. And then I hit Kenny up and me and Kenny got in his studio and he was smoking weed and making songs and shit. And then uh sounds weird. So I kept in touch with Kenny throughout the quarantine period. Uh, he came on the old version of the podcast. Me and Dave linked up, and uh, Dave got hammered one night and asked me to teach him how to play the guitar. So yeah. <laughs> I fucking started the podcast with Dave, and then we had Kenny on as a guest, and we got done. And Dave texted me and was like, dude, Kenny has to be a co-host. Like it has That's to exactly. Be. Like, as soon as we stopped with Kenny, I had never said a word to him, never met him. Uh, I obviously knew his work with AWOL Nation and everything, but I was like, dude, fucking get his ass on as a co-host. Like, that guy, it was not like musical genius especially for someone who's not a musician like me, but like, he's just a funny motherfucker. Actually, Dave says, yo, I just, Dave just said, I want to suck him. Can you get him on? You guys are yeah. so sweet. And if I, if we're doing compliments, Colin, listening to him on the podcast, he fucking rules at this shit. Yeah. And I love oh, his he's, dude. musicianship, but like, he's so good at this fucking thing. And then I'm such a barstool fucking fan. And when I found out Dave does what he does and he is who he is, I was like, oh, fucking shit. This is tight. So we got three like random. It's tight. It is. Yeah, I work for fun. Barstool Sports. So like, I'm trying to make this a Barstool podcast with these two, uh, launch a Barstool vertical, music vertical, that is. And, um, yeah, this is just kind of the hot. None of us have ever met in person. Other, well, I haven't met Kenny or Colin in person yet. So, um, I know one of my close friends is Mincy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, we dude. He, so I've only met him a few times in person. First fucking time we ever met within two minutes, we were just peppering each other with different bands that we like. Dude. That's immediately where the conversation went. So it was a really small world. Sweetest yeah, here, guy ever. Here's the problem with Mince. He's a diehard Boston sports fan. Oh, oh, we're talking about a different mint. Chris Mintz. I know Chris Mintz, too. Baby. Oh, yeah. There's a Barstool guy <laughs> named Mincy. Oh, shit. There's we a Barstool guy me. named Mincy who just reeks Louisiana Creole Cajun. Love, like widespread panic. Oh, we like Creole. We like Louisiana. <laughs> Hell yeah. Andy, is it weird to be on somebody else's podcast and not be asking all the questions? Um. Yeah, normally... I normally just start asking the the host questions because I'm very <laughs> insecure about vulnerability. If it's not, dude, one of the things I wanted to say to you is you're kind of like one of the, like the pod fathers of like music shit because I knew about the podcast before I knew about your music. Like I knew you, I knew Andy Frasco in the UN, but like I've known about the World Saving Podcast for a while now. Like what, like what was the onus behind like jumping into the podcast world? Did you just have like, did you just want to talk shit? Was that it? No, I was like, I stopped doing coke and I had all this free time. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was like, um, well, I can't, you know, I was like, if I was doing coke, I was, you know, flirting with girls. So I didn't have, you know, just me texting people all the time. And, uh, and the coke, because of the cocaine, you know, the cocaine is the devil when it comes to your penis or vagina. So <laughs> I, uh, I had like three or four hours extra of the day. So I, uh, 
I um, started a podcast because I was like, kind of like, you know, when you do something for so long, you forget what who you were when before, like the drugs and the fucking alcohol and you know this the high stimulation. So I started talking to all my old musician friends who've had addiction problems because I was kind of too cheap to go to therapy, and it kind of helped. But there you go. So the podcast was therapy. It was until like, you know, you can't really ask an old cokehead, <laughs> you know, about your mother or whatever. So I had to get like a fucking. Get a, There's no Freud shit going on. I was gonna say you can't go through Freudian complexes in like yeah. childhood trauma, and you're like, yeah. By the way, what was doing cocaine? <laughs> yeah, it's like a four a.m. podcast, puffing six. So tell me about your mother, dude. <laughs> Oh my fucking god, dude! So I did that, and then I just started, you know, doing the podcast thing, and then, but I was like, in the beginning, I wasn't really listening to people. I was just trying to ask questions to fill time, and then, you know, it took about a hundred episodes for me to like actually, oh yeah, I'm I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to be an entertainer. I'm doing this to get knowledge out of people. So I started listening, and then that helped me in life. You know. Dude, I mean, for me, like, like I said, like when I started doing the podcast, it was almost like a reactionary thing towards quarantine, I guess. I took it more seriously in that capacity. Mm-hmm. But like when I was looking at it, I was like, why are more musicians not doing this shit? Like, I feel like you have the perfect personality for it. I don't think a lot of musicians do. Like, have you have you done a lot of other musicians podcasts? Um, I mean, yeah, like quarantine, it was the flood of musician podcasts. So it was like now there's like a hundred of them. So I don't, they don't really ask me on the show. I don't know if they're like intimidated or I just talk so much and I'm everywhere online that if I go on someone's podcast, no one's going to give a fuck. <laughs> you know? like, I mean, like I, I laugh because like, I feel like a lot of musicians started a podcast and then it got like five episodes in and they were like, all right, I'm not doing this shit anymore. And then there's the people who stick with it. And uh, honestly, like you were the first person when Andy came on or that when uh, Kenny came on, I was like, we need Andy Frasco. Like we need to make this shit happen. So I'm fucking very thankful you're here today, brother. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, sharing your time with me, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm open to talk about whatever you want me to talk about. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. First question then, like, you're obviously a live musician. You're a fucking lunatic on stage. If you could describe your music, you know what? Fuck music. If you could describe your live show, describe your live show. Um, it's just like um, it's um organized chaos. <laughs> I, I was gonna use the word shit show, which is kind yeah. of like a thing that you like to enjoy, dude. Yeah. Oh, you like the talk show? Oh, I like the talk show a lot. By the way, we're, we'll get back into the music. The talk show has some heavy hitters on it. Didn't you have Marcus King play live for one of the first episodes? Yeah, Marcus and like Dawes. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's like just I'm friends with all these dudes. And uh, for them to like, you know, it's not like, I mean, we did get help with Adult Swim on helping book the show and stuff. But like, it was just me just texting my homies. You know, the quarantine was great for that because everyone has the same schedule, like on their couch and chilling. So it helped a lot. I don't know what I'm going to do for season three when everyone's fucking back to work. But dude, your brain is built for Adult Swim, by the way. You're like the white Eric Andre. Hell like, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Are you got to pivot backwards, though. I mean, I th- that's what everybody's been doing over the last, you know, year and a half almost. And that's a word that that we've used ad nauseum on this show is like, hey, how have you pivoted? What did you do to stay busy during quarantine? Now that everybody's going to be actually working and being normal again, and I use normal in air quotes because what 
it, like quarantine almost became normal, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we all just got to figure out like how to, you know, stay two steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's like musician, a lot of musicians, the reason why they live on the road is because they're anxious. Mm. So to how do you combination anxious brain when you're sitting on your couch thinking about doomsday when you're going to get back on the road? So like I, I admire the, the dudes who, you know, it's like they understand their mental health and how they need to stay busy. And if you're not inspired to write music right now, because what are you going to talk about? Like fucking covid i mean it's exactly. like it's like i don't know so i'm glad they stayed busy with interviewing people learning who they are and learning you know how to talk to people and communicate i mean that's the most important thing in life i think is learning how to communicate oh hell yeah and i mean you're fucking great at that with the interviews but you brought up something interesting in that last point right you're a 300 day a year guy you're you're a road warrior and talk yeah. about mental health. What was like when you got the news that like everything was canceled? What was that like for you? Um, it was like four days of, you know, kind of laying in bed and, you know, watching old porn, like watching like <laughs> the same fucking porn and like just starting to get sad from the dopamine level. Just like, you know, it's like Wearing at first, out. like, at first, all the musicians needed the break. We were overworked. I mean, mm. I've been doing, you know, 250, 300 plus shows a year for the last 13 years. So it's like, those are at first, we're like, ooh, a fucking vacation. And then once the money dried up from that last tour, we're like, we need to work. <laughs> so uh, I was all sad when my money bumped out and, um, and my manager came to my house and he's like a germaphobe. I couldn't believe he came during COVID. Like, you know, he knows I'm a fucking Seth cesspool and uh he uh he's like you got to get on the internet i don't know what you're gonna do but you just got to get on the internet i'm like all right i'll get on the internet and i didn't want to be an acoustic just play fucking acoustic oh, it's so lame it's like it's like heartbreaking and uh not because i'm not heartbreaking for the people doing it but for me because you know i want to party right and so i started doing these dance parties and stuff you know it's like i i need to stay busy i'm like mm-hmm. i need to have like four projects that's why the podcast was so great it, I at least have that every week. And um, then I started doing the dance parties. And then um, I'm like, well, might as well do a talk show, online talk show. So I started doing the shit show. Bro, uh, by the way, I did some research too. And I found your uh, your cam, your cam boy, your quarantine cam boy. <laughs> the beginning of the quarantine. <laughs> All my friends from LA who are just like huge producers, editors, didn't have a job. So they all flew out to Denver and Ooh. stayed in my house. And we're like, let's just make movies, dude. So we were like, we did the Camboy video. We did the the last toss where I was uh, uh, the the bodyguard for Chicago Bulls, which fucking <laughs> SNL ripped me off. Fuck you, <laughs> SNL, FYI. Um, and then um, we did, um, yeah, then the Ferris Bueller. And then I just said, fuck it. We're just going to do a straight on sketch comedy show. And then it's been a year. I've done like a. 34 episodes or 50 episodes. Yeah. Have you considered pitching that to like fucking uh, like actually getting that on adult swim or like getting it on Netflix? Cause you're a, you're a good actor. Like you're a good comedic actor. Thanks. I think so too. Yeah. Thanks Dave. Thanks Colin. I, I, I tried, but they're like, you're in the jam scene. No one gives a fuck about the jam scene. <laughs> the five percent, You know, it's like, so we're trying. I mean, we're, we've been getting a lot more leads. Like we're, we got an offer to do season three with a pretty big company and, you know, we just got to debate what type of programming it's going to be. If it's going to be like a live 
like a live on Twitch or if I'm going to do a pre-recorded thing again, but it's just a lot of work. And I, um, I just announced like um, 75 shows till the end of the year. So it's like, if I'm going to do it, I don't like uh depart, uh, departmentalizing. Is that a word? Yeah. I know what you mean. So like, yeah. I don't like doing three big projects at once. Like I like, mm-hmm. to, like really dive into a project and uh, finish it before I do the next one or I start, you know, I start going crazy and my friends stop answering my text messages because <laughs> I'm a fucking psychopath. You know, <laughs> call Marcus King at 2 a.m. Hey, man, what's up? Do we need the video? Because I forgot to tell him two days. He's like, oh, man, and he's back on cocaine. This is yeah. why. <laughs> back on coke, dude. Uh, dude, dude, talking about live shows, how was uh, the return to Red Rocks? Was it was it weird or like because it is an outdoor venue, so it's not like people were like that germaphobic about it. But like, was there like a weird vibe or did 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 it just go as planned? Um, it was amazing. It was perfect weather. I mean, I was worried because our last play in Denver was only five hundred people. We sold out the Bluebird on four twenty, and then um, we got lucky the cap was at 2400 when they booked us the show i'm like okay i think i could do 2400 people Mm. um and just in case we don't we uh co-headlined with keller williams and then one week after they announced it colorado said we're bumping it up to (laughs) six thousand. it's like fuck 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 because i don't want it's like the head red rocks is like aeg the biggest i don't want to be let them down but yep right we did fucking great we did 3500 people and like I was I'm I'm stoked on that. That's the biggest hard because it was an expensive ticket. It was seventy bucks because of the COVID protocols. Wow, we would have done twenty dollar ticket. I think we could have got like I don't know another thousand people. You know, well, just, you got the built in excuse of COVID right now. Mm, Who were you talking to, Colin? We that was just, a colony house. We were talking to them, and yeah, I said, right. that, I told them, I was like, dude. Honestly, I'm having a little bit of anxiety about going back on the road. And I always, I almost forgot about the feeling of like going to a city you're not from and then being like, God, I hope people show up to this. Like, are you feeling that at all? Yeah. Now I'm more worried about now there's 20 fucking shows each night in every city in the fall. Yeah. Now I'm worried about like, oh, who do they like better? <laughs> Yo, you know? God forbid you bro, you roll up to a city and fucking like, I don't know, like Billie Eilish is playing that night and then every yeah. motherfucker is Billy going to... And Umphreys. I mean, there's a couple of towns where we're competing with all our friends. Oh. And it's like, okay, you know, we'll all get to hang out at nighttime, but there's going to be some duds where you thought you're going to sell out for sure. Like, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. I mean, that's part of, you know, I'm just thankful that we got the gigs. I mean... I don't know what I could, you know, I, I feel a lot of bands, their agents drop the ball a little bit. And, and now they got, those guys can't tour till March. They have another year in yep. their fucking houses. Like, you know, if you're, I'm fortunate enough where our band is doing better than we used to, but the bands below us, we're going to have to get jobs and shit, dude. Mm. That's like, and then all of a sudden you're thinking about if this music is worth it. And I don't want any of my musician friends to even fucking think like that. Cause they're all super talented and, so there's got to be, a, I think what they're going to do is probably like, we're going to do like these, like five bands in a fucking shed, you know, mm. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, shedding an outside thing and put five bands and we all, you know, just make the, the fans just have to pick one show, but that could be in April. I mean, everything's booked. Like my show, my tour was booked last year and my agent, shout out to John Bonjourno. Um, my agent um, rebooked everything for next year. So I have all the same dates I had from last year. Oh, that's spectacular. That time. So I was like, and I was like, 
oh, why don't we just book it four months later? I'm like, I was naive thinking that this COVID was going to be over in four months. He's like, no, just follow. And you just got to trust the people who are fucking doing this every day. You know? Yeah. I mean, dude, like, and that's a thing too, to where like we had dates booked, but so much of this shit got pushed back that we don't, I, I talked to Dave about this, but like my, my whole philosophy on touring right now is I don't want to deal with the the 10 bands in a city every night. Like I want to just, yeah. I'm going to wait and see what comes. Cause right now I'm focused on the podcast. I'm focused on getting the barstool thing going. Like I want to want to set myself up for success in the future rather than try and like slog my way through fucking having to go play the same night as Andy Frasco and then fucking yeah. shows up. Yeah. Real quick. Speaking of video series, we just brought that up. So part of this podcast, right. Is that me and Dave or me and Kenny are teaching Dave how to be a rock star. Right. <laughs> so th- the way this all started was Dave got hammered and asked me to teach him to play the guitar. And I said, yo, I'll do that, but we got to make some content out of this shit. So we are like, we already have like, I'm going Monday to shoot with Mark Roberts from OAR in New York oh, nice. for like the first episode of the video series. You need to be involved in this in some capacity, bro. Hey, I've never been to Denver. Actually, we'll come to fucking Denver. Yeah. We'll just jam out in the backyard. I'm playing Chicago, Talia Hall, in a couple months. I love Talia Hall. So, I'll, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'll be there. And and you know what, Colin? You'll be there, too. Oh, I'll be there. No like, schedule deal. permitting yeah, for you, obviously, like but I will be there. From the show or something. Yo, that can, would be we'll fucking do like tutorial fun. for Dave, what to do backstage. <laughs> that's, that's your job. Backstage living is Andy Frasco's job to teach Dave. Like, we have certain people, like, I want, because we talked to Chris Schiffler from the Foo Fighters. I want him to show him guitar shit. Like, I want to I want to have every, give everybody their job. You're definitely backstage I'll guy. You got a party. Yeah. Got a party. I mean, yeah, I yeah. think that's the one thing that I could probably hang with a rock star. No, nope, like, like Andy, bro. Yeah. yeah. Could, could you hang with a rock star, but then go play a show? I don't think so. No. See, if I drink, I'm completely incapacitated the next day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck, man. <laughs> It's like, oh, fuck, dude, I got to go on stage in front of 40,000 people. Like, fuck. What are we talking about? Getting fucked up and performing? Yeah. 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 He's He's the king of backstage, dude. He played amphitheaters and fucking sheds and shit. I'm just playing these 500,000. Red Rocks the other night. Fuck you. You, dog. For ten thousand people, okay. True, 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 true. Here's the thing, though. I often throughout the years would try to find my limit of how much weed I could smoke before a show, and I tell you what, a couple times I found you hit it. it. I found, I found <laughs> it, I, and consciously, I'm on stage playing in front of all these people, and you're like, "Well, I found, I figured it out, guys. Can't do two whole joints before I walk." <laughs> playing instruments, and like, did, were you controlling like all the tracks, Ray One Nation? Every, every the oh, tracks, dude. the lights, yeah, the keys, that. guitar, like the even the guitar stuff because we were using Kempers. They're all on my side. Like I ran the whole fucking show. Fucking goat, dude. So wait, so Kenny brings up a good point here, right? It's about finding that limit because I have this one memory of being at, at a festival and I was on stage. And uh, I actually had a conversation in my own head where I was like, okay, so I'm about to pass out. How am I going to, how am I going to like justify this? Like, am I overheating? Like, I know I'm fucked up, but like, I was like literally in my head going through, like, what am I going to tell people what happened? Andy, what's your craziest show memory of being like too fucked up on stage? Oh, dude, Salt Lake City. No, easy. No, uh, he doesn't even hesitate. Coke dealer showed up before. This guy always shows up. He's like this tie dye dude who always does tie dye. And he just always brings Coke. And I was like, it was our first time selling out like a theater. And he's like, dude, fucking let's celebrate. And fucking took this big old get like fucking gator tail. And <laughs> I walked on stage and then I walked up on stage. Everyone's waiting there. They hit the first chord. I walk up 
And I walked right back. (laughs) My heart was pounding. I was like, yo, I got to stop doing coke. And I'm like screaming at everyone. Faster, faster. Like Jesus. Dude, oh my God. I used to play drums in a punk rock band. And every time I do blow, we'd play way too fast. My heart is just going to fucking explode out of my chest. That 30 minutes set is actually now 13.5 minutes. Yo, I got a question yeah. for you guys. This is like, it, this is showing how big of a pussy I am. But have any of you guys ever dipped? Yeah. Like, I tried to dip once when I had braces as a kid, and that was the last time. The <laughs> you probably puked your brains out, but it gets you fucked up the first dude, time you dip. Head rush, dude. I, I don't know how those um, Southern people do it. Like, they just. I mean, like- I've n- I never don't have one in. I've been dipping since I've been on the show. Um, but you the, use pouch or like the fucking just like the so fucking. I just got my teeth white this morning, so I had to go get this shit. But I I, do, oh, I did one cut, yeah, the zint because they told me no tobacco, no like coffee, no nothing. Otherwise, you'll completely blow all your money because your teeth will just go back to exactly what they were three hours ago or whatever. But I was at a I was at a showcase for baseball when I was a sixteen year old, and a showcase is is just like a collection of all these collegiate bound baseball players. Uh, in front of a bunch of uh, uh, college coaches, pro, pro scouts, if you're that good, which I was not even close to that good. But I threw a dip in, in the outfield, and I was on fucking Mars. I couldn't stand. Oh my, my stomach God. was doing somersaults. And I'm like, all right, well, all these guys, like, if I blow this showcase right now, I'm not going to college. I'll be fucking, you know, working as a busboy somewhere. Yeah. And I'm trying so hard not to puke my brains out. And I'm spinning in circles and I like held my own a little bit, but like, we're talking about getting fucked up and performing. Like that was my limit. That was the yeah, worst experience of my life. There, there's speaking something of, to be speaking of dip. Max, my singer in fitness, he was smoke cigarettes and then he smoked cigars and then he got into dipping and we would be recording vocals for our record and he'd have a fucking wad in and we're like, fuck it. It'll be fine. Who fucking cares? And then the next day he's like, for continuity's sake, should I put in another dip? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, you should. And we tried on your mouth. the entire vocal of the entire LP all done with a fucking chew. And he's like singing really loud. So there's like tobacco juice on the mics now. So, so that, yeah. that, that you have sung on. So, yeah, so have I, dog. I, oh, why, nobody told me about this. You know what? What's low key? You know, I, I, hate, I hear this all the time with Kenny. Kenny is the goat at vocals, FYI. Agreed. I agree with that 100%. Honestly, processing vocals, Kenny, every time wow. I'm done with you and I have to go to someone else and it's fucking, you know, Neumann U47 or whatever. I'm like, Kenny don't need any of that shit. That's what I've said. I've been telling people that for years, bro. I've, I know so many people personally who have million dollar studios and they sound like fucking garbage, bro. It's not what you got. Well, Andy, I was listening to, to Love Hard and before you came on, I asked Kenny, I was like, was that you? Like, was that, was, did you produce that? And he was like, hell yeah, I did. And I was like, I picked it out yeah. right away. And it's because of the vocal phrasing. Other than Kenny's ability to process vocals, he makes you say things in different ways that you would never do it. Also, he he understands. Oh, we're sucking your dick right now, Kenny. I'd like, keep going, please. Hit the, please, Hit the sub button. Hit the <laughs> sub also, button. Right he also understands the harmonies, the cool harmonies, not just mm-hmm. like the third harmonies. Like, he, you really are the fucking vocal Thanks, man. Thanks, my bro. I, we were talking Drop about this it. yesterday. There's something 
the most fun part of that creating process to me is the harmonies. It's like math. I'm always trying to figure out, like you said, how do you not do a perfect upper three through the whole fucking thing? Yeah. How do I make it yeah. move around? And you see me on the piano, like yeah. when Andy and I go, oh, yeah. he'll do his, do his lead. And then I'll go to the piano and I'll sit there, but give me a second. I'm finding a fun. Oh, here it is. And then I'll start playing it. And then Andy will sing it, and then we'll go, let's find another one. It's so oh, fun. Dude, Ken, Kenny's so funny too, because he's such a, like a goofball and shit. And then all of a sudden when he's thinking really hard, he's like, hold on. And then he turns and he gets real serious. Then he comes back, hits the bong and he's like, all right, let's fucking try that. But like he can flip <laughs> in and out of the serious thing so quickly. Real no, are, are you on like Vivance or Adderall or anything, Kenny? Because you work so fast, dude. <laughs> Just fucking weed and Asian fucking Insane, gnarliness. Dude. You're a psychopath. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's why we work so well together, bro. No, because I'm a psycho. We work fast. I like fast. Mm. Yeah, 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 I yeah, need yeah. to be a fly in the wall while you guys are doing your thing. You gotta I really calm do. down, man. And the fast dude. thing, it's like if Andy and I can break out, we don't have to finish the whole fucking production, but at the end of six hours, we'll know if we have something worth finishing. Yeah. And that's the fucking goal. Just crank. Crank, 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 crank. Be like, does this suck? Fuck it. We'll do another one. Is this great? Let's go back to it. The goat. The fuck. My man. My man. Dude, it's you brought up you brought up Mincy, and one of the reasons that I started, well, not I, but we started this podcast, Colin and I, um, is because like I compared to all my friends and all my coworkers at Barcelona, even no one really knows music. So I thought that I did because like someone would be like, like we do this trivia show and it'd be like, Oh, name this song. It'd be like beast of burden. Like, Oh, who's lead singer, Mick Jagger, like shit like that. I know that kind of stuff. But when you guys nerd out musically on this podcast, it's my favorite thing on earth because I'm fucking learning something that I never knew existed. And I I'm just sitting there. Like I'm not speaking much and I'm just absorbing all this shit. And it, that's like truly my favorite part of this show. Uh, when I when I hear Colin and and Kenny just uh, ping ponging back and forth, or the guests, it's it's really awesome to me. Well, fuck yeah! I mean, you guys got the goats. Um, but like, it's it's funny. Like going back to producers, it's like, or even writing. I mean, Kenny and I wrote half the record last time from scratch, and like, it's not like we brought songs to Kenny. Like him and I just had four four minutes. Oh, Lyle Davinsky, hold on. <laughs> Um, we had we have like you know it's every time it's like all right we got this four hour gap let's mm -hmm. write something and like I think those are the best producers who understand songwriting who you could collab from the beginning and not like oh here's my song polish it you know yeah. what you like, what process do you like better Kenny that writing it together or polishing oh writing it together because it's so it's so because the problem with when people bring me songs that are already written and I try to produce them they already have in their head what it's going to be right so i'm trying to like understand this language that they have in their brain when we yeah. start from things something from scratch it's whatever the fuck it is whatever we want it to be yeah. so i prefer to do it from scratch but but yeah man it's, and sometimes sometimes people can't get out of their own way where mm. it's like i don't normally do that okay yeah. i don't know what the fuck you that means like do i care <laughs> you know what i mean like like oh, oh i don't know if that's really my it's like okay andy and i just did a song together and it's relatively poppy in my opinion. And I'm yeah. like, we need to get it Frascoized a little bit. We need to make it a little bit more Andy Frasco. So he's been tracking guitar and horns and he's like, hey, what do you want for the guitars? And Andy will tell you, I was like, honestly, I want what Sean, his guitar player's brain is gonna do on it because I know that if only I do it, I'm gonna take it a little too far this way. So I want your input on how to take it the other way. So it's such a fun relationship when you can collab with somebody openly. Yeah. It's not Andy Frasco and the car keats. It's Andy Frasco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got <laughs> to be right. Your nose. 
That's why you're the goat. That's why he is the goat, dude. Let's go. All right, all right. Enough of the Kenny sucking. I got, I got another live, live show question, right? So, we were talking early in the podcast. We started this conversation. We just fucking veered off. But like I was saying, like your live show is such a shit show in such a positive way. And we talk a lot about like the process and coming up in this podcast, right? Was there ever a period of time where you went through and like you hadn't found that craziness yet? And you were like, I'm going to be a very serious like indie band or I'm going to be a very, very serious thing. And then it just evolved into this fucking wild experience. Like what was your process like as a live performer? I think drugs, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> like before drugs, I or psychedelics and stuff. And when I was 19, I wanted to be Damien Rice. I wanted to be a songwriter, like folk dude. And uh, I started writing like sad songs and being sad. I'm like, I, I don't know if I could, if people believe this, I'm from Calabasas, you know, it's like, I don't like, I don't, there's nothing to be sad about. I have a great family, you know, I, I may, maybe the internal stuff, but I wasn't even aware of that, like the internal depression that I was going through because I was suppressing it. And as a kid, we, that's what you do. You just suppress feelings. So when I went on the road and just said, fuck it, I'm just going to hire. I like, I bought a van and hired musicians in every city on Craigslist. And I just, they back me up every night. And, uh, and I just started saying, all right, well, I'm not going to show all these musicians, my serious songs when they were playing at, you know, Joe's, Tallywhacker or whatever in fucking Oklahoma <laughs> might as well fucking play some party music so I don't you know because I, I that's one thing like if I'm not being listened to or paid attention to I start going crazy and I start Me yelling too. yo I feel the same way I, 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 I Dave remember how you were like being a cover band would probably be so much fun and I was like there's nothing on earth I hate them being back dude you here. were I remember that was before like we got to know each other very well and I, I I asked you that question and I brought up a cover band that I love out of Chicago and I could tell that you didn't want to offend me back by oh. saying like fuck that it's, but it's I saw person. the look in your face and you were like you were fucking pissed that dude, I even if, brought that up if you're a front if you're a front man and you want attention like being background music at a bar is like literally like torture for me I can't do it like I couldn't yeah. I couldn't imagine Andy doing it Andy's on top of his piano chugging Jameson while somebody's trying to finish their fries at table 43 that's like fucking howl at the moon dueling yeah. piano bars you know what I mean that's the worst hey Van it. Van Halen was a cover band I mean drugs and like ah here's a song by Billy Joel <laughs> anyways here's Wonderwall <laughs> anyway here's Wonderwall you know I I, I I admire people who do that four hour Same. game because it's a lot of like soul sucking yeah 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 absolutely like kill some fucking cover that you're proud of and fucking you know front roads the dudes and that's the thing that i take away from andy's fucking shows is that it's the opposite of soul sucking it's soul mm. relieving it's like yeah put every leave everything at the fucking door and let's rage together and have a great fucking time and he doesn't take it so fucking seriously like people do and i could see where your serious side comes in because you've got this kind of americana vibe to mm -hmm. you which a lot of times can be kind of depressing music beautiful yeah. singer songwriter but you took that americana vibe and just jacked it the fuck up and made it a good time <laughs> it was the awesome. cocaine okay yeah, 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 yeah. Drug, okay it's a hell of a drug baby i love it i'm trying to figure out how to play cocaine music without being on cocaine <laughs> the hardest part right now yeah, what, have you you it? what have you substituted it for are you just like chugging a pot of coffee backstage I, I am, but now I'm getting um acid reflux, so I can't drink a 
fucking I you know I used to just drink a pot of coffee and that'll get me through the day. Now I just have one, and um and weed's giving me anxiety. See, I'm I'm gonna have to just go fucking you know sober sobe one Kenobi on this one. Oh no, is it turning? Is the weed turning on you? It does that. It was when I was having anxiety attacks. I I don't eat drink it or eat it um or smoke it. And I but now that I'm happier and my band's kicking ass and I feel like I'm really kicking ass with songwriting and just all that stuff, I'm starting to fucking hit the joint again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I may bring up a a question, I don't even know because I've been gone for so long. I don't know if you guys brought it up. But Andy, I'm such a fan of your band that they're all so fucking good at what they do. And I was curious because I know that you've known like Floyd for a long time, right? And how, how, how many of your band have you known for a super long time? Sean's been in the band for 10 years. Ernie's been in the band for 11. Floyd just is our newest member. He's two or three years in. And Andy, our drummer, has been with me for eight. So that's so right. I like that's, loyalty. That's awesome. and they're, you know, I put them through the ringer, having them sleep in <laughs> fucking floors. And, you know, and th- that's why I hired dudes from like the Midwest and like not, not hired dudes who live in fucking Brooklyn or cause mm. you know, then it's all like pretentious. Like I will not sleep at this frat house floor. <laughs> it's like those guys. I mean, that's the most important part of touring and companionship. I mean, like to keep a band together, you guys all have to have like the same personality and same mm. vibe of, all right, we're going to just ride this wave and, you know, sometimes there's going to be turbulence or sometimes there's going to be a fucking big wave that's going to knock us off the board. But we just got to just keep going back on there. And what's your gr- what's your grimiest sleeping situation? I got pink eye at a frat house. <laughs> and I I got like uh, I got like I woke up one day. For, we, we used to play a lot of frat houses and they'd like, you know, you know, you know whatever happens at a frat house and then um eat ass basically eat ass or whatever yeah yeah or hooking up and then all of a sudden you know you hook up and then you're stuck at the frat house everyone else leaves and you're with johnny two-time or whatever fucking talking about fucking alabama football or something like that and uh (laughs) you sleep on the cast but i got pink eye once one time i I was drinking or not i you know blacked out i slept on their couch and you know when you don't have a a blanket i need a blanket or something so i like put the covers on me or like not the, the pillow on me and backside use come everywhere just use condom and <laughs> like i didn't see it so i'm like holding some 19 year old kids fucking condom with my hands and that sounds like a tuesday you know, night on yeah, tour rocking. man have you ever missed bus call but although <laughs> yeah. you're the, you're kind of you're andy oh. frasco so i doubt they'd i doubt they'd leave oh, yeah. you but i missed bus call because i was um flirting with this girl for years and she finally gave me the time of day so i slept over not thinking this was actually last tour actually <laughs> and uh i had to get a flight to the next gig yeah 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 i missed i missed my flight one time because i was at the bar next to the gate and, oh. and, and missed my flight and had to oh, buy my own partier kenny i can't i Whoa, don't know about hard, hard partier dude to the point where like after the so a wall's first four or five years was one tour cycle 300 shows a year for five years straight and rocket ship to the moon of success. Hold on. What do you mean? 300 shows a year, but one tour cycle. So you just were on the road the whole time for the whole time because sale was a slow burner through alternative. Mm -hmm. And then once it peaked at alternative, it started coming back down. It went to pop Pop. and it started going to pop. So it just, our first tour cycle was really long. So we, I mean, we, we raged super hard for like five years. My point is to the point that when I got off tour, I stopped drinking. I haven't drank since. 
Really? That, that, oh, it, it was, yeah. Oh. Well, not sober. I still like. No. I still do the like twice a year ultimate ragers at an Airbnb with my friends yeah, and then smoke weed all day, that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, but I mean, yeah, I, I had such a fun time those first five years that I was like, I think I'm done. Kenny, was was Aaron a big drinker or was he more of like the everything needs to be regimented kind of a guy? Because I feel like most of the time the front people are like, yo, you need to be here, here, here. No, like, no, it was the opposite. It was definitely drinking and drugging and having fun and throwing chairs off of roofs and destroying green rooms and hotels and like just all the worst worship i mean the typical new band new success yeah. let's fuck up let's do coke in this porta potty and then go run across fucking you know foo fighters stage during their set like that shit's know. cool when you're the big band but when you're like a band that's working their ass off but aren't getting where they're supposed to do when people are doing coke in the band you're like that's actually a problem <laughs> you know? right right yeah 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 exactly yeah exactly i mean honestly though the, even though we i'm sure andy probably has the same vibe where it's like nobody cared what you do just don't make mistakes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nobody exactly. gives a fuck what you do. Just don't fuck up. Do your job and fucking let's have fun. Kind of. Or don't be an asshole. Yep. Right. Exactly. Dbaa. Morning. I don't live by a bunch of fucking drugs. You just remember, you have an eight-hour drive the next day with everybody. Or in your case, the bus drove. So like, we'd have to wake up at seven or eight a.m. and then drive. And if everyone was drinking till five, that means. If you're not hungry when everyone else is hungry, you better fucking eat, you know? Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I, I, uh, I know firsthand how hard Colin works, and I know that one day, I don't know if it's going to be next month or next year, or five years down the road, he's going to have that one song that just goes crazy like Sale did. And mm. I know what a little choir boy Colin is right now. I want to see him... <laughs> Like, I want to see that that rise to stardom where he's blowing lines off hookers, assholes, and shit like that. <laughs> I like Listen, bro, that and I'm sitting here with two pictures <laughs> of my wife looking yeah, at me. That's what I'm, I'm thinking about. I'm like, damn, dude, because I, I saw one of your podcast bar stool was like a flag on there. And now, so now I see the other side is just like his chick. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, and even beyond the chicks, you get that success. We had a fucking, like, you know how bands have road cases with all their mm-hmm. gear in it and that kind of shit? We had one that was a bar. That would be brought into our dressing room. It opens up and there's glasses, shakers, whiskey. That's some Don Draper shit. We were not fucking around. Fill it up with the rider. Yeah, it's always on the rider. I brought a dirt bike on tour and I'd get gas jugs like on our rider. We had a barbecue pit that we would set up with a tent and fake grass and shit. Bro, I I love it. I can't even get crudite on my rider, dude. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I do. With fitness, here's a funny thing with fitness, we didn't get much of a rider, but the only thing we ever put on the rider were jewel pods. Oh my god, yeah, fuck the chips. Oh god, just give me jewel pods, baby. Dog. Oh that's my a, that's god. That's a flex. I always ask for cigarettes and weed. I always get the weed, but sometimes they're like, We're not giving you cigarettes. I'm like, why not? Real, really? I mean, I've got giving socks, me fucking underwear. Alcohol. Yeah, you get socks. See, that's a smart. See, that's that's the pro shit you, everyone needs to learn from Kenny about. Put the fucking socks, put the underwear on the rider. Yep. All that shit. Real shit. Come home. Febreze. Fucking everything. Yo, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but so we we were opening for this really big band from Canada named Arkells. They're great guys. Arkells are awesome dudes, but they're like stadium level in Canada and they play clubs in the U.S. So we're playing this one spot, right? We walk into the green room. It's a big shared green room. Arkells isn't there yet. We see this fucking sick-ass rider and we're like, this venue's awesome. So we're like fucking this bottle of Jameson up. There's like steak and stuff. And Arkells walks in and they're like, dude, did you guys just fuck our rider up? (laughs) (laughs) I'd be so pissed. Yo, and they they thought it was the funniest thing ever. 
ever. They they didn't they didn't like get mad at us. They then they drank with us and we became boys. They're really really good dudes. But like the shock on our faces when like we had just drank the entire bottle of Jameson and ate all their food and they were like, "Dude, you serious?" And I was like, "I'm so sorry. We thought that was for us." Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I was like that was like five years ago. We were a very young band at that point. Like that that was a learning experience. But we've 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 stayed friends with them since. So like it wasn't a relationship breaker. Yeah, and a lot of the older cats, like we opened for BB King once and like wow. Hall. And uh I had to, you know, one of our band man, bandmates really had to take shit. And <laughs> he goes into the headliners, he's like, No shit in the headline pisser. BB <laughs> King said that to him. Taj, Taj Mahal. Taj Mahal, no. <laughs> in the headline toilet or whatever. It was the best moment, dude. Dude, you shared a stage with Taj Mahal and B.B. King. That's yeah, unbelievable. And, and Joe Walsh. We went on tour with Joe Walsh. and like, How yeah. crazy is he? You got to have a good Joe Walsh story because he's a fucking lunatic. So, but he did the best. The best thing I had with Joe was like, he's married to Ringo Starr's sister. And... He's just like he's like in Eagles mode where like the, he shows up five minutes before he goes on stage and bails right after the show. So we were like the tour manager's like, oh, if you want to say hi to Joe, just hang out by the elevator and you're good. And uh, he was walking. He looked at us. He saw our show and then kind of was viewing to go back on the elevator. Like, don't say hi to him. And his wife's like, talk to the kids, Joe. And then <laughs> he talked to us. He's like, he looked me up and down. He's like, I've done more cocaine than your body weight. <laughs> which he has which he, yeah. he wasn't lying he wasn't lying but he gave us some nice compliments like, like i see you crowd surfing with all these old people here you know i used to do that but i'll let you do that now so i'm like, <laughs> like it was like a torch Pass the torch yeah, 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 yeah. It, was it was beautiful but you know i'll always remember that oh joe i mean joe's the ultimate rock star that guy's oh, yeah and all of us combined there's nothing more i respect than getting to the show at showtime and then leaving immediately after which is like the dopest thing i've ever seen in my life i did that tour with prophets of rage they would fly you, in. you did that bro i did the fucking prophets of rage tour direct support it was so sick with be real and fucking chuck i'd eat lunch every day with chuck d sweetest guy on the planet would be like What's oh up, chuck? Dude, smoking blunts with be real and shit throwing baseballs with tom morello anyway they would show up private airplane get into their escalade Go to the show, play, walk from the stage, sweaty as fuck, back into the Escalade, back to the plane, and go sleep in their own bed every night of the tour. Oh my god! It's I remember high. you telling me that, like, because I was at this is when we were talking about how um, this is probably six weeks ago or so when uh, all the new festival flyers were coming out, like all the Foo Fighters and whoever else were like big bold ass letters, and I asked you, I'm like. Cause you were telling all these horror stories about like pissing in water bottles and in the back of shitty fucking campers and stuff. And I'm like, is Dave Grohl doing that too? Like at these, and you're like, dude, no, 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 no. But that also, Dave Grohl's doing. that also brings up another funny story. <laughs> Shithole fucking new success bands. We used to piss in cups, like, like uh Dixie cups, like regular no lid cups. And you just leave them in different places in your green room and shit. Oh my god! At clubs, you know, they'd be like, "Hey, the club's got a velvet rope set up for you or whatever." We'd leave the show, we go over there, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm piss." You're like, "I'm not going to the bathroom." You're like, "Cover me, bro," and I piss in the cup. You just set it on the couch over there. Little yeah. rock star, dude. You god, Kenny, you are man. I, I love Kenny. I had the time, man. I had the time. Now I got to live vicariously through you, Andy. Now he's working for Nickelodeon. 
<laughs> yeah. exactly. It's so funny that, how it changes. It all it's full circle. Though that's the music, you know. It's like when you're done fucking being a degenerate, you uh, and you still want to do that. You go, you go there. Yeah, exactly. Ex- exactly. Everything you always wanted to do. It's perfect. I'm making your music tonight. You know that's what I mean? It's like, it's like it's so great. tight. No, but like now it's like you don't have to pick the bullshit. That's mm. the thing. That to not have to survive off of like co-writing with up and coming bands who are writing with 4,000 different writers every fucking week and stuff. It's like that competitive vibe, while it's fun, it kind of removes some of the fun out of it because everything's so fucking stressful. Everything's about how do I get this playlist? Who am I going to fucking email? That shit does not interest me at all. It's tough. But but now because like Andy and I are such bros and have such fun times when we're together, anytime he's in town, he's like, yo, what's up? I'm like, done, let's roll, you know? Let's go, bro. That you know what? I'm I'm leaving that there. This is how we're gonna end the conversation. That was a beautiful way to go out. But one thing I do want to say before we get out of here, Andy, I've kind of boxed you in a corner here, but you do need to be a part of the video series. Like now that we, come on, bro, let's do it. Don't have a choice. Yeah, Chicago, Talia Hall, bring your gear. We're gonna get Dave fucked up on um really high. Tobacco or level tobacco. <laughs> and, we, uh, we all have to start with dip, like not like a chaw, like straight up red man. We all have to go on stage with a red man in. I love it. I love it. Well, so Andy's, Andy's job is, I'm sorry, Andy's job has to be the rock star. He just needs to teach Dave rock star living. That's okay. the video right there. That is like legitimately the, the video right there. Yeah, you so use funny. this water bottle to shower. You piss in this cup and leave it over here. We're going to do that whole series. Yo, we'll and put everyone Dave- on their phone the whole time. <laughs> we'll, put, we'll put Dave to like an obstacle course of what Andy, like Andy's <laughs> yeah, like, okay, yeah. you're going to go here, drink this Jameson next, piss in this cup. Like, next thing like those dog shows where they're, where they're leading the dogs through the, through the tunnels and up the yeah, fucking. Yeah. You put your head on a bat, spin around three <laughs> times and then go fucking play a show. Well, we'll I'll, I'll just send out a tweet. We'll like, we'll get Talia Hall like hours and hours before the show and it'll just be empty we'll like plant people in there and i, I got to figure out how to stage dive without breaking my neck yeah shit this like that I've, which i've done had to go to physical therapy because <laughs> i jumped off i jumped off the 30 foot what? speaker stack in portugal to literally nobody straight to the ground that's fucking a- high that's three stories yeah i wouldn't fucking dude we i've jumped off like second story balconies onto the crowd and like man that's the that, that's what you're gonna do this is what you're getting ready to do yeah you're, I, you're I don't know if i'm ready for that i need i need like the like baseball i need like single a double a triple a and then the show well then you Fuck can't go to eddie andy's andy's <laughs> the major leagues bro andy's hall of fame circuit yo you're gonna start with a folk singer then dave you ain't starting with me if you're gonna be in that bullshit <laughs> Fuck that. All right. Andy Frasco, we cannot thank you enough, brother. Everybody go check Andy out on the road. Check out the World Saving Podcast, the World Saving Shit Show, all of that. New music coming out. Kenny's producing it. He's our boy now. Andy Frasco, thank you so much, man. Yeah, and Colin, anytime you need some gigs, man, I'd love for you to open for us. And fitness, too. We got to get fit, dude. We got to get both y'all. Dude, we'll fuck some shit up. Make that fucking happen. Andy, uh, actually, I I think our band would fit really well. We're a seven. I think so with, too. Actually, we're a seven piece band with horns. I think that would be fun. All right, fucking um, we'll do a podcast tour. Two two podcasts, two bands around the country. Two open podcasts, band. one cup. Yeah, two podcast, <laughs> two podcasts, one shitty venue. I watched that <laughs> video after eating Mexican food in college. I got through maybe a minute, and I just puked burrito all over the place. Uh, I couldn't get any farther. Well, good. I got well, a, Bitch stomach though. Well, when you're, I'll make sure to put some Pepto Bismol in the in the <laughs> for you, buddy. That's crazy.
Christ. Andy Frasco, thank, thank you so you, much, Andy. brother. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate y'all. All right, so that was our interview with our friend, Kenny's lover, Mr. Andy Frasco. Just an amazing, amazing interview. Shouts out to Andy. Go see him on tour. He's got the world, or the, what is it? The World Saving Talent Search to open up all of his shows, which is funny because I texted him to follow up on his offer to play some shows with him. And he was like, dude, all the shows in the fall have this World Saving Talent Search where we're just going to have people come up and do random things that they learned how to do during quarantine. Oh, He's a God. That's He's the a, fucking man. The party animal in the best way, dude. Like, what a great idea for a good time show. I do feel bad for him, though, because when we did that interview, the Lakers were still alive, and then they got the shit pumped out of him. So, sorry, Andy. That, that sun seems pretty fucking gnarly. So, either way, great time with Andy. Uh, we're going to go into our next interview with Revolution, but before we do that, I want to pick up where we, uh, where we started last week. Let's go through kind of where we are with this video series. The video is basically fucking done. We're basically good to go here. Came out amazing. Me and Kenny have a few small little additions to make, but other than that, shit's dope. Dave, you're on your fucking way. And what I did learn by editing it is that you've gotten better. It's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, so, I, so we're we're talking about my guitar playing right now. Um, I'm actually going to fuck around with it tonight after the White Sox game, especially if they lose it. I don't want to talk to anybody, but... um. I think I have gotten better. I think I've gotten a little better. That's what happens when so, you know, and it's the craziest fucking thing. It, it, it's fucking, it's wild, isn't it? Usually, like, I'm just naturally so gifted at everything I don't have to practice. Yeah, I get um, that. I, it, like, I, like it, it, it can be anything, writing, math, baseball. Like, I'm just incredible at all walks of life see this is I'm where we're gonna I'm get basically fucked. mediocre at everything this is where we're gonna get <laughs> fucked though because i was saying this the like, door in the video series but like when we were on Preston and steve you put dave in front of a microphone and the bravado goes through the fucking roof all i'm saying is when you step out on a stage to an amphitheater that holds twenty five thousand people and dave navarro is walking around backstage and rick nielsen from cheap tricks walking around backstage you're gonna kind of be like I might shit my pants. Like you don't, you don't oh, know. I'm going to shit my pants. What I'll do though is I will have not too much, but I'll have a few loosener uppers in me. And I, I mean, beer, I'll have a few beers to calm the nerves. Um, and then I'll probably, cause Rick Nielsen, uh, he's a Chicago and he's not Chicago. They're from Rockford, but, uh, which is like an hour and a half from Chicago, but, uh, they're Illinois guys, so I can just yuck it up with him, and I'll get lost in like, oh, what high school did you go to? I actually went to college with his niece. Um, so yeah, when you so uh, at this total tangent, I'm sorry. When you get into Rockford, Illinois, um, the water tower says the Dream P Police are watching you. Oh, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, so I love Tree Trick. That's if all right. Speaking of guitar playing, now to like turn it all back. I want you to want me. If I could play any guitar solo on the planet, I think it would be that song's guitar solo. I mean, that solo's it, that's more tasty than it is difficult. I could probably teach you that, but we need to get through chords first before we go into anywhere. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I know it's down the list, down the line rather. Well, the thing is too. So, you know what? I'll save I'll save this for later. Robert gave me the song he wants you to play, and we'll talk about that later. And ties yeah. into a bigger master plan for me. But I will say, David, we're gonna get to work. We're gonna make this shit happen. And I feel pretty good about it, but I'm really excited for people to see this video series and we'll get to that later. We'll be dropping that in a couple weeks, whenever. I don't know. We have to get some stuff handled first, but I will say I'm proud of you for getting your shit done. I'm proud of you for progressing. And I know that Marco Bears was impressed as well. Maybe he's just the nicest guy ever. I don't no, know. I think, I think it's a lot of the latter and maybe I don't know. Impressed is the right word more than a little surprised because I sent him videos when he sent the guitar of me fucking around with different OAR songs. 
And, and you could tell he's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. And he was probably in the back and said, like, what the fuck is this? This is disgusting. This Like, these, these sausage links of fingers are touching that guitar of mine. But I'll get there. Oh, I'll get to the so- point where it's at least respectable. Uh, last thing for me, Kenny, real quick. This goes back to you as a guitar player. Uh, I went in my basement today into my fucking rack of, of you know, cased guitars and i pulled out my beautiful american special sonic blue strat with fucking texas special pickups in it and i haven't played it in probably like a year and i restrung it i fucking polished it up and i took it to the rehearsal spot today and this thing played beautifully when you haven't touched i've been playing so many gibsons and epiphones and different things with p90s in it and i just went and i just sat down glassy strat tone and I went, I went from playing in AWOL doing Gibsons with P90s through fucking crazy amps trying to get the heaviest tone. And then in my last band, Fitness, dude, I went Fender through Fender and I got the That's, fucking heavy tones I've ever had in my life. So like I was raging on playing metal on a jazz master. Fuck everybody. <laughs> I'm a big believer and I'm very situational with my guitars. Like I, I, I probably switch guitars a few times a show just because I'm, you know, we have two guitar players so we're trying to match and mix and all this shit. But Fender amps. I'm a diehard believer. I have the I play a Deville Deluxe on the road. It's beat to fucking shit, but it it's a 410. It's got fucking. It's also it's great because you can't fucking not mic it correctly because there's speakers everywhere. So, uh, shout out to Fender for making a quality product. Also, fucking pay us if you want me to talk about this. God damn. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? I was about to <laughs> shit on him. I was gushing. I'm sorry. Fuck that. Uh, so that's our show this week. We're going to go into our pick of the week with Revolution, but I just want to say once again, congratulations to Kenny Carkey. Congratulations to Dave on that hat. You look gorgeous. And uh, boys, I'm fucking pumped. We'll talk about more shows, more fucking everything going on. We have some great guests coming up. But more than anything, I'm proud of you guys. I love you. So let's go into our interview for our pick of the week. Eric from Revolution. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for our pick of the week this week, we have mainstays in the reggae rock scene, a band that's dropping a new album called In The Moment on June 18th. We have Eric from Revolution here. Eric, how are you, buddy? All right, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Very happy to have you here. First off, new album's great. I got an early stream of it. We're going to get into that later. But I just saw you guys were announcing a bunch of shows. How good does that feel? Oh, it feels so good. It's it's weird because... We've been a band 17 years now, and to have this amount of time off is like weird. Just like miss being on stage and performing for sure. It's going to be amazing. Man, and I mean, like we've covered this with so many different artists on here, but like once again, like a lot of the bands we have on, you guys are such a live band. I just watched mm-hmm. a set of yours from Red Rocks earlier. Like, tell me what it was like for you when you first got the news that you guys weren't going to be on the road. Was it a little bit of a relief at first, or was it kind of like, holy shit, this is the end of the world? Well, you know. We we toured a lot in the last uh, the last 17 years. I mean, we used to do over 200 shows a year for the first, you know, six or seven years. I mean, we practically lived on the road and I think we kind of needed a little bit of a break. We just didn't want this long of a break. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, nobody expected, you know, what happened uh, to happen. So, yeah, man, we're pumped to just get back out there. It's crazy that we actually have like a new album to promote as shows are coming back. So um, the timing is crazy. It's like you planned it, dude. It's unbelievable. <laughs> all, all part of our plan. You know? All part of the plan. Well, let's get into In the Moment because I've been a fan for a while now. Dave was saying before the interview, he's been a fan forever. Uh, if you were to look at, like, probably in my college years, like my playlist, Sky's the Limit might be 
the most played song for me when I was at Westchester University. And I know Dave's been a fan for a long time, but I have to say, this might be my favorite work of yours so far. And uh, you brought a song up before before we started recording, but the song we're going to play this week is Heavy as Lead. And I want to start out by asking you a question. That intro reminds me so much of When the Levee Breaks by Led Zeppelin. Was that on purpose? Did you throw the name in there for that reason? You know what's crazy is... Uh... No, no. Um, you know, <laughs> I when I first heard the instrumental, it was sent to me by a guy named uh, Flick, DJ Flick. And it reminded me actually of like the Beastie Boys, like, uh, so what you that's want? Exactly. Yes, that's, I was just going to yep. say that. Yeah. And then um, and then I heard a couple of comments. It's like it reminds me of, of Led Zeppelin when Led Me Breaks, which is awesome, too, because like those are two of my favorite groups, you know, in different yeah. areas. But um, immediately I was drawn to that instrumental just based on just the drum loop itself and like. The beat's not even that complicated and you got to love like a real simple beat. And um, I don't know, just like it was so inviting to like make, you know, lyrics over. So I love the way that one came out. I mean, this whole album is so interesting to me because when I was reading the notes on this, you guys did this completely separate. You guys were doing this remotely from your own places and your drummer produced it, correct? Well, our uh, touring guitar player, Kyle Ahern, produced a lot of it. We had different producers on different tracks. But, you know, because we weren't able to get together, we kind of brought back some old songs from the past and brought that back to life. We had to send things, you know, digitally. And um, it was challenging, but also really fun. And I can't tell you how many hours, you know, I personally put into this album, but it it still feels like something we could perform live. And you know, like you guys were mentioning, we've always been that live band, right? Mm -hmm. Before we were writing original music, we were a cover band. We didn't have any songs out. Um, so we're, we're, we're very used to the live scenario. So anytime we write an album, we want something to be, we want to be able to play it live is what I'm trying to say. And I feel like even with this album being created remotely, we're going to be able to perform it live and still have that nice live sound. I mean, when you when you guys were uh, like so start of the pandemic last March or so, everything's shutting down. The whole world's coming to an end, as Colin said. Um, how long into the pandemic and into quarantine and all that bullshit did you guys say, all right, let's try to do this? And was there ever any moments where you're just banging your head against the wall and say this fucking sucks? Like, we don't know what we're doing. We're not in the same room. We're doing this all over Zoom. You know, like, how, how did you guys have to shift and pivot at the well, start of it? Yeah, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, it just started getting worse and worse. And I said to myself, well, i got to be productive during this time. And I hit this, like, amazing streak at the earlier part of the pandemic, just writing, writing, writing. I was living in different places. I was living on Guam for, like, six months. and just Wait, feeling, Guam, like, like, like yeah. Southeast Asia? Yeah, like the island of Guam, where my, my wife is from. And so I was living out there and just feeling like the island vibes. And I think a lot of the album has some of that, like, kind of old school, like that old school feeling, you know, that yeah, yeah, yeah. rock kind of uh, roots vibe. And so I don't know, I just wanted to be productive. And I just found a lot of inspiration living out there. And man, it, I, it's weird how music hits you at certain times. I'm sure you guys can relate. And Dave, when you become a full-on rock star in the <laughs> years, you're going to be able to relate to, um, you know, just writing spurts and, and and creative juices flowing. But it just, it just happened, you know, and I can't explain it. I don't know how it happened, but it just did. And just, I don't know, now we have a great album. It is a great album, first off. And I will say, too, 
I had the exact same experience in the writing spurts, bro. It was all in the beginning. I think it might have had something to do with just the change in environment. Like I know for me, I always I always get inspired if I'm in different places or something. But like the 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 you know stop and go that we all went through was definitely writing fuel. Absolutely. Uh, I can't say how inspiring it is to be on the road. You know, talking to different people, learning about different cultures. Sometimes it's fun to write a song in first person that's not about my personal experience, but put yourself in somebody's shoes. You know, if you hear an amazing story, then you know, you might be inspired to write a song about that story. And so, you know, that and then just being in a different location can be incredible, uh, incredibly inspiring for sure. I mean, when I when I listen to this record, too, because it, it has classic revolution vibes and you're messing with some new sounds too. You got a little bit alt rock from time to time. But what I really loved about the album is the fact that you guys kind of paid homage and, and worked with people within the scene as well. And you had a lot of great collaborators on this album. Talk about like, the collaborations you did, why you picked the people you did and, and you know, why the album sounds the way it does. Yeah. We wanted to collaborate with a few people we haven't collaborated with before. I mean, for me, well, I guess for the whole band, we're incredibly influenced by reggae music, but we also like to mix it up too. But a lot of the times revolution gets put in this reggae category, which is amazing. And we really feel honored and we feel like we do a pretty good job at it as well. But I also want to make sure people know where reggae music came from, where our influences come from. And that really is Jamaica. Jamaica was the place that invented reggae music. And I feel like it's important to showcase the reggae music out of Jamaica currently. Mm. You know, we've had artists, you know, roots reggae legends on our previous albums. But I want people to understand the difference between revolution reggae and Jamaican reggae and I feel like bridging that gap is what makes the scene so special it's not just revolution doing it you know you have slightly stupid and mm. aeration and tribal seeds and mm -hmm. youth and they're collaborating with people uh that have inspired them and showcasing kind of the talent from Jamaica which I think is awesome and I think it's important that the fans know where influence comes from so that's why we had artists like Kabaka Pyramid who I'm a mm. big fan of has Namdi uh, in the past we've had a you know a guy named Protege and uh, a guy in Busy Signals on one of the tracks. He's also from Jamaica, um, and you know also another guy named Duran Jones in the Indications, which is an artist that we've toured with uh, a couple of years ago. That's more of an R and B soul uh, performer, and so that was a really cool collaboration. We just, you know, we're so fortunate that we're in a position where people want to collaborate with us. Mm. Artists that we look up to from a place that we look up to is is down with revolution like that. That's super cool. Well, I, I'm looking and so I was introduced to Bright Side of Life. That's how I originally discovered you guys when I was back in I was freshman or sophomore in college. I'm looking and this is the first time I've ever looked at the charts. I never really have for any band or music musical act ever. You're talking, you're like kind of humble right now because I'm looking. All right. So Bright Side of Life, Billboard uh, Reggae Albums Peak, number one. Peace of Mind, Billboard, Billboard Reggae Al Albums Peak, number one. Every following record peaked at number one. Like these guys are also looking up to you guys because you guys are like, I would say you and Slightly Stupid, who you just named, are like V2X right now in the reggae scene. But you don't limit yourselves to that at all. Yeah, I think it's about, you know, paying homage to 
the people that influence you to get where you are. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the thing about music. It's, you know, you get inspired by other people. The greatest thing is there's like no competition. Mm-hmm. What is good for one band is good for another. I mean, now we have festivals around this scene, whereas like none of that existed back in the day. There might've been like some, you know, reggae on the river in Humboldt County. And now you have, you know, a festival called Cali Roots. You have Reggae Rise Up. You have, um, you know, these festivals popping up all over the nation. And uh, the greatest part, like I was saying earlier, is like you see bands on the lineup that are, you know, the old school stuff and then kind of the USA modern reggae rock, whatever you want to call it, hybrid kind of stuff. And you have both of them at the same festival. So pretty cool. When I saw the the list of features, I tend to lean more towards the R&B soul world. So when I saw Duran Jones, I was like, let's fucking go. This is a really, really interesting collaboration. Sounds amazing. But what you said within you talking about the collaboration, something I talk to Dave about all the time. And it's the fact that if you do a certain type of music and you're not from that place, you have to pay homage to the people who did it and who are the originators and Mm -hmm. shine light on those kind of people. The fact that your headspace is there is why you guys are so successful because it's so authentic and it's so it comes from such a good place. So I just want to say, man, I'm I'm a huge fan and I'm really excited for this album to come out. Is there anything you want to say to fans or people who are just finding your music about this album? Like what's kind of the mission statement for this one? Well, you know, after talking about how much reggae has influenced us, I want to be clear that this album has a lot of different stuff on it. Yes, I mean, it, it, does, dude, yeah. it does, dude. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, for us, we're not afraid to try anything. We're influenced by a lot of different music. And I think that's one reason why we have some success over the last 17 years. I don't think our our fan base just listens to reggae music. They listen to hip hop. They listen to mm you know, R&B, they listen to rock, punk rock. Um, And I think, you know, I think that's what sets Revolution apart is we can mix it up. We can write, um, you know, a a folk song and have like a hard rock song on the same album with some roots reggae in there too. So uh, for people that haven't heard us, uh, listen to more than one song because it's, it's kind of all over the place in a good way. You know, in, it's in cool. an awesome way, yeah. yeah, in an awesome way. And Eric, the one thing I wanted to say to kind of close this out, too, I have a question, but a statement first. I was not worried, but like I wanted to make sure that like when I came on here, I gave the reggae side love. But more than anything, the reason I love Revolution is because you guys do so many different things. And to see you like leaning into that and trying different shit and playing with different sounds and you know, taking advantage of the thing that you've created where you can kind of flip between genres. It's fucking amazing, man. You guys did a great job on this record. Dude, that like uh, piggybacking off what Colin just said, like I appreciate people like, cause you guys could write a reggae song and everybody would love it. And it would be, it would be awesome. And I, but you guys go outside your comfort zone. It seems like, mm-hmm. you know, cause that that's obviously your forte is reggae, but you guys do do so much more. And and as someone who likes a challenge, you know, I'm trying to play a fucking G chord right now. I don't I don't play any instruments, um, but like I appreciate that. And as a fan and hearing it from the front man like that, like it, it hits me as someone who's loved your music for over a decade, you know. So so thank you, I guess. Right on, man. And, and Dave, coming from a future star like you, I mean, that means a lot. And, uh, just, I just hope that I could be on the guest list when you uh, go like triple platinum. And you're yeah, already yeah, yeah. on the guest list, bro. You're on the guest list right now. It's you've you've already worked your way in. Um, 
yo, the last thing I want to ask, and this is like before we play the song, what are you listening to right now? Like, I was just about to ask. Dude, I'm interested because you're talking about hip hop. You're talking about rock. You're talking about all this shit. Like, what are you into? What's something that would surprise people? Oh, man. What I've been listening to lately is actually this like satirical country artist named Wheeler Walker. Wheeler Jr. Walker Jr. I knew you were going to fucking say that as soon as you said satirical. Dude, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I love Wheeler. Um, I already got married, but when I do like renew the vows, I want Wheeler at my wedding party plan a private show. He's he's my he's my favorite country artist. I don't listen to a lot of country artists, but that guy can write songs and he's just incredible, man. I love What Wheeler. would you say your favorite Wheeler? First off, Dave, do you know who Wheeler Walker is? I do not. Is? I do not. Okay. Well, you're gonna have fun tonight. Go look up his stuff. He's produced by Dave Cobb, who does all of the mm-hmm. Nashville, Jason Isbell, fucking all those artists. Wheeler's actually a comedian named Ben Hoffman. He had the Ben show on on uh, Comedy Central, but he also writes these amazing country songs uh, with titles such as Fuck You, Bitch, uh, <laughs> Drop Them Out. Um, there's a just. Yeah. Summers in Kentucky. Summers uh, in Kentucky is a banger. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I, I know the entire Wheeler catalog. Like, I, <laughs> sometimes we'll be on our bus on tour, and a few of us in the band, who are all big fans, we'll, we'll like, jam out Wheeler Walker tunes before we hit the stage, like, warm up to them. So Wait, so you're going to go out and play some reggae tunes, and, and you, like, warm up to Finger in My Butt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably play that one, too. Um, I like, yeah, man. Gosh, so, well, I mean, like, the, the comedy aside... Like Wheeler actually is a really good songwriter, and whoever like is writing his music with him, I, I give him props because really catchy stuff. But yeah, that, that's probably one artist that people will be surprised I listen to. <laughs> Bro, I know I know Wheeler's manager. I spent a lot of time in Nashville. I actually have a connect. If you ever want to like do like a duo tour with you guys and Wheeler Walker Jr., like a mashing like the best of both worlds, I can drop an email for you, bro. Oh, that would be amazing. I'll definitely take you up on that. All right, we're going into heavy as lead now. Anything else you want to say before we end the interview? No, just thank you to all the fans that have supported us and and to you guys for covering um, Revolution. And uh, yeah, man. Thank you, man. I used to piss off my entire college. So we we didn't have frats. So we just rent out shitty houses and pack like eight dudes into three bed houses. (laughs) And I would blast you guys, Slightly Stupid Sublime, like to the point where everyone's like, get this shit off. We're sick of it. So... (laughs) So thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking, man. I'll make sure to blast away in Barcelona with the new album and everything. And um, awesome to see you guys still make music. Right on. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank Ladies you and gentlemen, we are going into Heavy is Led by Revolution now. <laughs> But not what you think There's no green, no drink I need a sip of positive things Nah, no tricks, real dreams I need a dose of nothing You roll up, I'm on the clock this time And when I'm all done and out of war one You know I get real high So how do I get through? You know, sweat off my back Yeah, how do we get through this? Life's real, but that's what we live for Come heavy as lead Won't let nobody ever take me down Oh, 
Hold steady my head when the world is crumbling all around No pressure, no stress, I'm better, I'm best when the dark surrounds Come heavy as lead, won't let nobody ever take me down Hold up, hold up, can we take a minute, can we post up, post up Gather our strength and we roll up, roll up All the inner troubles, let it burn up, burn up Watch it rise through the air And let it brighten up the sky tonight We got a real light And we prepared And to my people, yeah, it's dark tonight We got a real light And we're not scared How do I get through? You know, sweat off my back Yeah, how do we get through this? Life's real, but that's what we live for Come heavy as lead, won't let nobody ever take me down oh. Hold steady my head when the world is crumbling all around oh. No pressure, no stress, I'm better, I'm best when the dark surrounds oh. Come heavy as lead, won't let nobody ever take me down This is what we live for Come heavy as lead Won't let nobody ever take me down oh. Hold steady my head When the world is crumbling all around oh. No pressure, no stress I'm better, I'm best When the dark surrounds oh. Come heavy as lead Won't let nobody ever take me down